You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. All right, well, welcome back to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. In this episode, we are talking about military families and how they face deployment and also a list of uh, resources that Purdue has put out there for military families to help uh, deal with such a situation. It is my privilege and pleasure to bring back to the podcast uh, from Purdue's Military Family Research Institute, Shelly McDermott Wadsworth. Shelly, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm very well. Well, it's great to have you back on. For those who are watching or listening for the first time, Shelly was one of my first guests back on uh, episode eight when we talked about the Military Family Research Institute. So I'd encourage you guys to uh, check that episode out when you have a time. Like I said, we are talking about military families again, but this time talking about how they face, uh, what the issues they kind of deal with when they're facing deployment. So uh, Shelly, before we jump into that, kind of uh, for those who haven't met you before through the podcast or don't know you, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I am a professor in the Department of Human Development and Family Studies at Purdue, which is in the College of Health and Human Sciences. I also direct the Center for Families and, as you said, the Military Family Research Institute. Awesome. Well, welcome back. We are talking about uh, deployment and those uh, concerns and issues that families face. Um, COVID-19 aside, talk about the challenges that families do face uh, in that situation. Well, deployments happen a lot for military families, especially families who serve on active duty, but even National Guard and Reserve members get deployed fairly frequently for training and other kinds of things. Uh, Today, they're being deployed in large numbers, not only around the world, but uh, here in the U.S., where they're being asked to help quite a lot with the COVID-19 challenges. Yes, obviously, COVID's been a huge challenge, and the National Guard here locally has been deployed stateside to help out. Um, talk about, how, give some tips on how families can help uh, handle that situation and, and, and get through those. Sure. And, you know, I want to say that there are things really unique to military families in this situation, but there also are some things that are are quite common between um, military and civilian families. One of the things that lots of families are experiencing right now are separations. There are healthcare workers who are living apart from their families while they do their um, uh, duty in hospitals and other places. But I think regardless for the reason, I I think there are three things that families can keep in mind as priorities that will help them with separations, especially stressful ones. Number one, keep the family routines running as smoothly as possible. We can't be too rigid about it, Mm -hmm. um, but it helps everybody in the family, I think, feel that things are a little more predictable and a little less disrupted if routines can keep running as, as smoothly as makes sense in the circumstances. Second, I think it's really important for parents to try to model what I call constructive coping. Parents are always their children's most important teachers. And so how parents deal with tough times uh, teaches children how to deal with tough times. And to the extent that parents are are coping constructively, um, they'll do a better job with their kids. Mm -hmm. And then finally, communicate honestly but supportively Uh, and this is true when you're communicating with the person who's separated like the service member it's also true um, when parents are communicating with kids we don't want to lie we don't want to mislead 
Uh, but we have to be supportive, and that means taking into account the needs of the other person. Sure. And for this situation, especially with uh, COVID-19, you know, we talk about the National Guard or anybody who's deployed, a lot of it's, you know, fa focusing on the local uh, state or community county kind of issues right now. Does, is this different than, you know, a normal deployment? Because I, I think a lot of times, myself included, when I hear deployment, I think going overseas. Sure. This is a little bit different situation this time. But either way, I think your answer could relate to either talk about um, those challenges and and is this different than a, a uh, you know an overseas deployment? You know, there it is different in some ways, and it's not different in others. And I, I'm not sure people realize, especially the National Guard gets deployed a lot for disaster relief uh, in other countries as well as here in the U.S. But in some ways, um, this deployment is easier because the time zone differences are smaller. It's easier to talk with your family when you can get an opportunity. And of course, service members are not being attacked from all sides with bombs and guns. So that's good. Um, but it's harder, too, because they are having to leave their families at a time that their families are at risk, which is quite different than uh, wartime deployments were. And the community infrastructures that families might normally rely on aren't really available. So they're at risk, they have fewer resources available to help them, and service members can't be with them. It's quite striking now the degree to which civilian workers are being asked to take on some of the same risks as um, military service members. Um, healthcare workers, people who work in meatpacking plants, other essential workers, and they haven't been given the same preparation mm -hmm. for uh, being deployed into danger zones uh, as service members have. And so it could be quite traumatic um, for many of them as well. And talk about the resiliency. I, I, Hoosiers are tough. We know that. And, and National Guard members and military families are, are tough. Talk about the resiliency of not only Hoosiers, but especially those in military families that you know, see this uh, often. You know, I think families all around the world every day demonstrate resilience and toughness. Families are always dealing with illnesses and injuries and deaths and disasters. And what we see is that in most cases, they work very, very hard uh, to take care of their members, keep the family together, keep things moving. It's much more common for them to demonstrate resilience um, than not. But that doesn't mean that it's easy, and it doesn't mean that um, there isn't distress involved. And sometimes that distress can threaten the stability of the family or the mental health of members. And so um, I have a strong interest in trying to support family resilience uh, and uh, just make it easier for families to go through uh, these tough challenges that they uh, might confront. You talked about uh, resources. Let's talk about some of those. A new initiative that Purdue has put out there is the Families Tackling Tough Times Together. It's an F and a lot of T's there. It Talk is. about that initiative. This is something that I'm um, very excited about and, and very proud of. Uh, it really seemed that what we have is this amazing, precious opportunity where families are spending more time together than they might have anticipated that they could and they really want to help each other. Children are quite interested in what their parents have to say and parents want to support their children well. This is a marvelous opportunity in some ways to um, not only uh, help families cope but help them build resilient skills while they do it. Uh, that's not to say that there aren't lots of serious challenges associated with the pandemic, 
Um, but given that families are so motivated to try to take care of their members, we thought this was a great opportunity uh, to try to help them. And so uh, I uh, reached out to uh, scientists across the College of Health and Human Sciences and asked them if they'd be willing to volunteer some of their time uh, to help uh, put this together. We're calling it a pop-up program because we uh, had the idea and, and immediately went into action to try to launch. It was uh, 23 days from idea to launch, and uh, we launched on April 15th. And uh, over a period of about 10 weeks, we'll be releasing materials each week uh, to help families build their resilience skills, uh, take care of their members, uh, and uh, cope with the pandemic at the same time. And importantly, this is a time when we're working to engage both military and civilian families together. Today, the challenges that they face are more similar than different. And um, both sets of families, but maybe especially military families, may have lessons that they've learned from going through similar circumstances in the past. Uh, and we want to try to capture those lessons and share them. Mm -hmm. Talk about some of those lessons and items and uh, activities you have. I, I assume there's some for every age level to fit, you know, you know, newborn to, you know, adult. Well, I'm not, I'm not so sure about uh, newborns, although okay. certainly some of the things may benefit newborns. But yes, we, we do recognize that the kinds of questions that people might have or the kinds of things that they're worried about uh, may differ by age. So each week, we release uh, ideas and information for um, people who are parents, uh, for children, for youth, for young adults, for older adults, and also to encourage families to contribute um, to the well-being of their larger community. We also include ideas for things that families can do all together. Uh, we want to teach a little bit, so we provide a little bit of information about what resilience is and what each of the resilience skills is. We help families um, grow that skill and give them opportunities to practice that skill. And we're running this through a public Facebook group because we want to create a community of support. We want families to be able to um, uh, share messages of support, uh, share pictures about what they're doing, mm -hmm. uh, and, and make this a place where families can go for affirmation and encouragement and also suggestions from others about creative solutions to some of the challenges that are coming up right now. That's awesome. Great. Uh, great idea there. One of the things I heard about was this joy jar idea. Can yes. you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, our first kit focused on developing a positive outlook because when the environment is so uncertain and there are so many things that we can't control, it's easy sometimes to lose sight of positives or to feel that there aren't any. But we know from decades of research that um, resilient people do tend to find something. You know, at least today it's not raining, or at least today uh, I managed to find clean underwear to put on. There's some positive somewhere. And so in our first week, we um, provided activities to try to help families pay attention to those positives and capture them. And the joy drawer was actually something that we have in our house, uh, just a bunch of little pieces of paper and a pen and a little jar. And we try to remember once a day to write something on it about one good thing that happened that day and throw it in the jar. And so in those days when we're uh, not feeling so good, maybe we can pull out some of those things and remember that there have been good times. Awesome. That sounds so great. And you mentioned this is a, a Facebook group thing. When did this launch? And you mentioned 10 weeks. So 
when did this launch and then how often will people see new material? We launched on April 15th. On Saturdays, we announced the theme for the upcoming week. On Sundays, uh, we release our kit of materials. And then through the week, um, we offer um, bonus features and special activities to try to re re um, reinforce our content from the kits. Uh, we just started Wellness Wednesdays. So on Wednesdays, we provide some ideas about things that families can do together or people can do individually um, related to the theme for the week, but that will help them uh, improve their wellness. Um, there's no need for families to feel that they have to do the activities in sequence or that they have to do any of them. People who join the group now are free to go back uh, to the first uh, set of materials and uh, use those if they like. All the materials can be used repeatedly if people like. We've tried to make this so flexible and easy for families to access so that we're not adding expectations and burden, but simply providing them with tools and options that they can use that hopefully will be enjoyable, help occupy kids maybe a little, yeah. um, but also help them build resilience while they're doing it. That's awesome. And just go ahead and remind the uh, listeners uh, the Facebook page. What's it called? It's just called Families Tackling Tough Times Together. Awesome. Long name, I know, but uh, hopefully easy to find. Yes, and for those who are listening or watching, I will put that link to those on the web article along with uh, the articles that have been recently put out and some other links as well for our listeners and viewers there to easily find that kind of stuff. You mentioned uh, this was a group effort, uh, and if I read correctly, up to, up to or more than 60 people who kind of help uh, faculty members who help put this together. Talk about how easy or difficult that was, especially in these challenging times where you're going to have to probably do a lot of this online to get everybody together to, to put this together. You know, it was so easy. Good. I work with such great people mm -hmm. and they, they, I think, really want to try to help other people. And, you know, we're at a land-grant university and we think that's the mission of the land-grant university. When our communities are in trouble, uh, we should do things to help. And so it was a very easy sell. And um, there are about um, 60 faculty, staff, and students working uh, every week on this. Some have only an hour a week that they can spend. Others can spend more. But they're um, just rolling along beautifully uh, with their contributions. And then we've had partners from across the country at other universities who have agreed to let us use their materials or um, Steve Wilson, who used to be at Purdue, but now at University of South Florida, he's doing interviews of military and civilian families and posting clips in a video series about lessons learned from tough times. So it's really a crowdsourced uh, effort, and it's such a joy uh, to feel like we can use what we know about science and research on resilience to try to be helpful to families in this time. That's so great. Shelly, thank you for sharing all this knowledge. As we're kind of wrapping up here, anything else you'd want our, our listeners and viewers to know? Well, I certainly want to express my appreciation for everybody who's out there um, working on behalf of um, those of us who are working from home. We're so grateful and I'm so mindful about uh, the challenges uh, of that. And uh, I certainly hope these things that we're doing might be helpful um, to those families as well. Awesome. I second that. Thank you to all the service members and everybody out there who is on the front right. lines and having to work through this uh, challenging times. Shelly, thank you again so much for your time. It was great to catch up with you and, and talk again. It was great to be with you again. Thank you so much. No problem. Take care and boiler up. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, 
comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.